Test, test. There we go. Sorry about that. Shabbat Shalom, everyone. Glad to see everyone back again for another edition of God Honest Truth live stream. We are God Honest Truth, and you can find out more about us at GodHonestTruth.com. We are a Messianic ministry based out of Western North Carolina. And if you'd like to know more about us, go please visit our website. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, then make sure to contact us through one of our many social media profiles or directly through email at team at godhonesttruth.com. Now tonight's drosh is going to be all about tithing. We've heard different things over the years about tithing, whether we should tithe, whether we shouldn't tithe, how much do you tithe, what do you tithe, etc., etc. But tonight, we're going to learn all about it. We're going to get deep into the scriptures and discover what the word of Yahweh actually says about tithing. But before we do that, we're going to dive into our liturgy, and of course our Torah portion, our Haftorah portion, and our Brit Hadashah portion. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get started. Blessed be his name, whose glorious kingdom is for eternity. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And have these words which I command you this day be upon your heart. And you shall teach them diligently to your children, and speak of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, 
when you lie down and when you rise up. And you shall bind them for a sign upon your hand, and let them be frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorpost of your house and upon your gates. Alright, so in the way of announcements this week, not too many to get into. I would like to go ahead and apologize right now for last week. We did not have any updates on last week and there was no live stream. And that is completely on us and our fault. There was a slight medical issue and there was also another event that come up that coincided and made it contradictory to do a live stream and the event also so we do apologize for not having a live stream and also for not updating in advance before that so do please accept our sincerest apologies but like always we're going to give you the upcoming episodes for the next about two months or so like i said tonight is going to be all about tithing so make sure to stay tuned for tonight's drosh on that Next week, we're going to be doing a drosh on Lunar Sabbath. You may have heard that before. You may not have. Either way, make sure to tune in next week for the drosh on the Lunar Sabbath. And then, of course, you can see the list of episodes after that for the next upcoming about two months or so. And, of course, like always, we're going to give you the feast days for the next calendar year all the way up through Shavuot of next year. And of course, our next upcoming feast day is going to be Yom Teruah, or as some call it, Rosh Hashanah. And that's going to start on sunset of September 25th and run through sunset of September 27th. So now you've got the dates and you can be prepared for that. And like always, we'll be doing a drosh on each of the feast days about two weeks or so before the feast day occurs. So be sure to stay tuned for the drosh on Yom Teruah coming up approximately two weeks before Yom Teruah. And as always, keep this list of people in your prayers. As like scripture tells us, keep the peace of Jerusalem in your prayers and pray for the peace of Jerusalem, but also pray for Israel as a nation. Everyone knows the danger they're in located where they're located geographically, but also be in prayer for the nation itself internally as they go through these times and hopefully get on the right track towards a more biblical way of doing things in the promised land. Now, as always, if you have any prayer requests or announcements that you would like to have announced live on air, make sure to go to our website and send us an email and have it sent in to us by Thursday evening if you can, because we do go live on Friday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And once again, just want to remind everyone that we are doing a multi-stream broadcast to YouTube, Facebook, Odyssey, and Twitch. So if you have one that you prefer over the others, make sure to go and check that your preferred one out and watch us live on there. Now, as always, if you happen to miss anything, you can always watch us, usually starting about Saturday morning with the on-demand version of the live stream. And you can catch the on-demand version through YouTube, BitChute, Rumble, Facebook, or you can now go to Odyssey as well. Also be reminded that we are doing an audio podcast. If you like a list of places we're doing podcasts, you can go check that out on our website. Just go to GodHonestTruth.com, go under the Our Ministry menu, and then click on Connect Socially. And that'll show you all the list of places we have our podcast. 
We have it on places like iHeartRadio, iTunes Podcast, Spotify, etc., etc. So go check that out, especially if you prefer audio podcast over text or video versions. So with all that being said, let's go ahead and get back to our liturgy. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us the way of salvation in Messiah Yeshua. He walked among us, filled with your Spirit. The only one who ever perfectly fulfilled your Torah. He healed the sick and raised the dead. The multitudes of our people sought his touch. He taught as no man taught. With authority he brought forth the treasures of the Torah. How the children sought him, the lepers he touched and made clean. How the despised and outcasts found love and release from their sin. How the hypocrites feared him, whose words uncovered their sin. Despised and rejected, acquainted with grief, he bore the sins of Israel. All we, like sheep, have gone astray, turned every one to his own way. Our iniquities were laid upon the king, the sins of the world, his burden to bear. He rose from the dead and opened the way to life everlasting. Praise his name. We are in him. His spirit empowers. New life is ours with joy and peace. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, who has given us Messiah our King. For the sake of our Master Yeshua, in his merit and virtues, may the sayings of my mouth and a meditation of my heart be favorable before you, O Lord, my Rock and my Redeemer. Amen. Avinu Shabashamayim Yikadesh Shimcha Tavo Mahutecha Yesa Retzonecha Baaretz Kaasher Naasa Vashamayim Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Let thy kingdom come, let thy will be done, as on earth, so as in heaven. Ten Lanu Hayom Nachem Hukenu Usalach Lanu Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. Amen. None can compare to you, O Lord, and nothing compares to your creation. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Your mercy endures throughout all generations. The Lord is King, the Lord was King, the Lord shall be King throughout all time. May the Lord grant His people mercy, may the Lord bless His people with peace. Proclaim the Lord's greatness with me, let us exalt Him together. And it came to pass, whenever the ark went forth, Moses would say, Arise, O Lord, and let your enemies be scattered. May those who hate you flee from before you. For from Zion shall go forth the Torah, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. 
Blessed be he who in holiness gave the Torah to his people Israel. All right, and tonight's Torah portion is going to be Genesis chapter 44, verse 18 through chapter 46, verse 27. And as always, we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation. Genesis chapter 44, verse 18. And Yudah came near to him and said, O my master, please let your servant speak a word in my master's hearing, and do not let your displeasure burn against your servant, for you are like Pharaoh. My master asked his servant, saying, Have you a father or a brother? And we said to my master, We have a father, an old man, and a young child of his old age, and his brother is dead. And he alone is left of his mother's children, and his father loves him. And you said to your servants, Bring him down to me, and let me set my eyes on him. And we said to my master, The boy is not able to leave his father, for if he leaves his father, his father shall die. But you said to your servants, Unless your youngest brother comes down with you, and you do not see my face again. And it came to be, when we went up to your servant my father, that we went that we told him the words of my master and our father said go back and buy us a little food but we said we are not able to go down if our youngest brother is with us then we shall go down for we are not able to see the man's face unless our youngest brother is with us then your servant my father said to us you know that my wife bore me two sons and the one went out from me and i said truly he is torn torn to pieces and I have not seen him since. And if you take this one from me too, and harm comes to him, you shall bring down my gray hair with evil to Sheol. And now, if I come to your servant, my father, and the boy is not with us, since his own life is bound up in his life, then it shall be, when he sees that the boy is not with us, that he shall die. So your servants shall bring down the gray hair of your servant, our father, with evil to Sheol. For your servant went guarant... <clears throat> Sorry, for your servant went guarantee for the boy to my father, saying, If I do not bring him back to you, then I shall be a sinner before my father forever. And now, please let your servant remain instead of the boy as a slave to my master, and let the boy go up with his brothers. For how do I go up to my father if the boy is not with me, lest I see the evil that would come upon my father? And Yosef was unable to restrain himself before all those who stood by him, and he called out, Have every one go out from me. So no one stood up so no one stood with him while Yosef made himself known to his brothers. And he wept aloud, and the Mitzrites and the house of Pharaoh heard it. And Yosef said to his brothers, I am Yosef, is my father still alive? But his brothers were unable to answer him, for they trembled before him. Then Yosef said to his brothers, Please come near to me. And when they came near, he said, I am Yosef, your brother, whom you sold into Mitzrayim. And now do not be grieved nor displeased with yourselves because you sold me here. For Elohim sent me before you to preserve life. For two years now, the scarcity of food has been in the land, and there are still five years in which there is neither plowing nor harvesting. 
And Elohim set me before you to preserve for you a remnant in the earth and to give life to you by a great escape. So then you did not send me here, but Elohim. And he has set me for a father to Pharaoh and master of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Mitzrayim. Hurry and go up to my father and say to him, Thus says your son Yosef, Elohim has made me master of all Mitzrayim. Come down to me, do not delay. And you shall dwell in the land of Goshen, and be near to me, you and your children, your children's children, your flocks and your herds, and all that you have. And I shall provide for you there, lest you and your household and all that you have come to poverty, because five years of scarcity of food are still to come. And look, your eyes and the eyes of my brother Benjamin see that it is my mouth that speaks to you. And you shall inform my father of all my esteem in Mitzrayim, and of all that you have seen. And you shall hurry and bring my father down here. And he fell on his brother Benjamin's neck, and wept, and Benjamin wept on his neck. And he kissed all his brothers, and wept over them, and after that his brothers spoke with him. And the report of it was heard by the house of Pharaoh, saying, The brothers of Yosef have come, and it was good in the eyes of Pharaoh, and in the eyes of his servants. And Pharaoh said to Yosef, Say to your brothers, Do this, load your beast and go, enter the land of Canaan, and take your father and your households, and come to me, and I give you the best of the land of Mitzrayim, and you eat the fat of the land. And you, you have been commanded, Do this, take wagons out of the land of Mitzrayim, for your little ones and for your wives, and you shall bring your father and come. And do not be concerned about your goods, for the best of all the land of Mitzrayim is yours. And the sons of Israel did so, and Yosef gave them wagons according to the mouth of Pharaoh, and he gave them food for the journey. He gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments, but to Benjamin he gave three hundred pieces of silver and five changes of garments. And he sent to his father this, ten donkeys loaded with the best of Mitzrayim, and ten female donkeys loaded with grain and bread and food for his father for the journey. So he sent his brothers away, and they left. And he said to them, Do not quarrel along the way. And they went up out of Mitzrayim, and came to the land of Canaan, to Jacob their father. And they told him, saying, Yosef is still alive, and he is governor over all the land of Mitzrayim. And Jacob's heart ceased, for he did not believe them. But when they spoke to him all the words which Joseph had spoken to them, and when he saw the wagons which Joseph had sent to transport him, the spirit of Jacob their father revived. And Yisrael said, Enough, my son Joseph is still alive. Let me go and see him before I die. And Yisrael set out with all that he had, and came to Beersheba, and slaughtered slaughterings to the Elohim of his father Yitshak. And Elohim spoke to Yisrael in the visions of the night, and said, Yaakov, Yaakov, and he said, Here I am. And he said, I am the El, Elohim of your father. Do not be afraid to go down to Mitzrayim, for I shall make you there into a great nation. I myself am going down with you to Mitzrayim, and I myself shall certainly bring you up again. And let Yosef put his hand on your eyes. And Yaakov rose up from Beersheba, and the sons of Israel brought their father Jacob and their little ones and their wives in the wagons which Pharaoh had sent to transport him. And they took their livestock and their property which they had acquired in the land of Canaan and came into Mitzrayim. 
Jacob and all his seed with him, his sons and his sons' sons, his daughters and his sons' daughters, and all his seed he brought with him to Mizraim. And these were the names of the children of Israel, Jacob and his sons, who came into Mizraim. Reuben was Jacob's firstborn, and the sons of Reuben, Hanuk and Palu and Hetzron and Carmi. And the sons of Shimon, Yemuel, and Yamin, and Ohad, and Yakin, and Zohar, and Shaul, son of a Canaanite woman. And the sons of Levi, Gershon, Kehath, and Merari. And the sons of Yehuda, Er, and Onan, and Shelah, and Peretz, and Zerah. But Er and Onan died in the land of Canaan. And the sons of Peretz were Hetzron, and Hamul, and the sons of Issachar, Tola, and Puah, and Job and Shimron, and the sons of Zebulun, Sered, and Elon, and Yalil, these were the sons of Leah, whom she bore to Jacob in Padan Aram, with his daughter Dinah. All the beings, his sons and his daughters, were thirty-three, and the sons of Gad, Ziphon, Ziphion, and Haggai, and Shuni, and Esbon, Eri, and Erodai, and Erali, and the sons of Asher, Yemnah, and Yeshua, and Yeshui, and Beriah, and Sarah, their sister. And the sons of Beriah, Eber, and Malkiel, these were the sons of Zilpah, whom Laban gave to Leah his daughter. And these she bore to Jacob, sixteen beans. The sons of Rahel, Jacob's wife, Yosef, and Benjamin. And to Yosef in the land of Mitzrayim were born Manasseh and Ephraim, whom Asenath, the daughter of Potipharah, priest of On, bore to him. And the sons of Benjamin, Bela, and Becher, and Ashbel, Gera, and Naaman, Ihi, and Rosh, Mupim, and Hupim, and Ard. These were the sons of Rahel, who were born to Jacob, fourteen beings in all. And the son of Dan, Hushim. And the sons of Naphtali, Yatzael, and Guni, and Yetzer, and Shelem. These were the sons of Bilhah, whom Laban gave to Rahel his daughter, and she bore these to Jacob, seven beans in all. And all the beans who went with Jacob to Mizraim, who came from his body besides Jacob's sons, wives, were sixty-six beans in all. And the sons of Yosef, who were born to him in Mizraim, were two beans. And the beans of the house of Jacob, who went to Mizraim, were seventy. Barukata Yahweh, Eloheinu Melech HaOlam, Asher Natan Lanu Torah Temet, Bechaye Olam Betukenu, Barukata Yahweh, Noten HaTorah. Amen. This is the Torah which Moses placed before the children of Israel. It is in accord with the Lord's command by the hand of Moses. It is a tree of life to those who take hold of it, and those who support it are praiseworthy. Its ways are ways of pleasantness, and all its paths are peace. Bring us back, Lord, to you, and we shall come. Renew our days as of old. Etayim hi, lamahazim kimba, vetomeha meushar, deraheha darhe noam, 
na tivoteha shalom. Ashivenu Adonai, elehave na Adesh, Adesh Amenu, Adesh Amenu, Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has chosen faithful prophets to speak words of truth. Amen. And tonight's Haftorah portion is going to be Joshua chapter 14, verses 6 through 15. Excuse me. And we'll give you just a moment once again to find that in your preferred translation at home. Joshua chapter 14, verse 6. And the children of Judah came to Jehoshua in Gilgal, and Caleb, son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite, said to him, You know the word which Yahweh said to Moshe, the man of Elohim, concerning you and me in Kadesh Barnea. I was forty years old when Moshe, the servant of Yahweh, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land, and I brought back word to him as it was in my heart. But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I followed Yahweh my Elohim completely. So Moshe swore on that day, saying, The land on which your foot has trodden is your inheritance and your children's forever, because you have followed Yahweh my Elohim completely. And now, see, Yahweh has kept me alive, as he said, these forty-five years since Yahweh spoke this word to Moshe, while Yisrael walked in the wilderness. And now, see, I am eighty-five years old today, yet I am still as strong today as I was on the day that Moshe sent me. As my strength was then, so my strength is now, for battle, and for going out, and for coming in. And now, give me this mountain of which Yahweh spoke in that day, for you heard in that day how the Anakim were there, and that the cities were great and walled. If Yahweh is with me, then I shall dispossess them, as Yahweh said, Joshua, Joshua then blessed him and gave Hebron to Caleb, son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. So Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb, son of Jephunneh, the Kenizzite, to this day, because he followed Yahweh Elohim of Israel completely. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba. Arba was the greatest man amongst the Anakim, and the land had rest from fighting. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who has given us the living word in Messiah Yeshua. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. And tonight's Brit Hadashah portion is going to be Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 27. And we'll give you just a moment to find that in your preferred translation at home. 
Luke chapter 24, verse 13. And see, two of them were going that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was sixty stadia from Jerusalem, And they were talking to each other of all this which had taken place. And it came to be as they were talking and reasoning that Yeshua himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained so that they, they did not know him. And he said to them, What are these words you are exchanging with each other as you are walking, and you are sad? And the one whose name was Cleophas Answering, said to him, Are you the lone visitor in Jerusalem who does not know what took place in these in it these days? And he said to them, What? And they said to him, Concerning Yeshua of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before Elohim and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and impaled him. We, however, were expecting that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. But besides all this, today is the third day since these matters took place. But certain women of ours who arrived at the tomb early also astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying that they had also seen a vision of messengers who said he was alive. And some of those with us went to the tomb and found it, as also the women had said, but they did not see him. And he said to them, O thoughtless ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary for the Messiah to suffer these and to enter into his esteem? And beginning at Moshe and all the prophets, he was explaining to them in all the scriptures the matters concerning himself. Baruch Atah Yahweh Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher natan lanu hadavar haimet vechaye olam betukenu borukata Yahweh notain habrit harasha. Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, who gave to us the word of truth and planted life everlasting in our midst. Blessed are you, O Lord, giver of the renewed covenant. Amen. All right, and like always, before we get into tonight's drosh, we're going to take a short break just to check on our streams and catch our breath real quick. And it seems like everything is still going good for the moment, so that's awesome. Love that. And once again, the streams we're referring to here are the multiple streams we're doing for the live video stream. And we're going to, I'm sorry, we're streaming to YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, and Odyssey. You can find all those links on our website, GodHonestTruth.com. And if you prefer one over the other, then pick the one that you prefer the most and go with it. Now, before we get into tonight's drosh, like always, please go down below and leave us a comment. Just let us know what you think about tithing, what comes to mind, is tithing still for today, what is tithing, how much do you tithe, just leave this comment down below, even if it's just to say hi or shalom or what have you. While you're down there, make sure to hit that like button as well as the subscribe button and be sure to ring that bell so that you're notified every time that we go live or upload an on-demand video. And also be sure to hit that share button and share it around with other people you think might like this kind of content. So 
With all that being said, let's go ahead and switch over to our Drosh now. And like I said, tonight's Drosh is gonna be all about tithing. And like always, we're gonna get into lots and lots of scripture. So if you got your notepad handy, then get ready for this. And first we're gonna start out with a quote from the reformer, started the whole Protestant thing, Martin Luther. He said, I have held many things in my hand and have lost them all, but whatever I have placed in God's hands, that I still possess. Very, very true. Try to hold on to something material, it's likely that it could get taken away from you because you're not nearly as powerful as Yahweh is. But anything in Yahweh's hands, no one snatches those away. Now, getting into scripture, let's just go ahead and hit the ground running. And by that, we're going to start out with our Master Yeshua and the words he said in Matthew. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you tithe the mint and the anise and the cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the Torah, the right ruling and the compassion and the belief. These need to have been done without neglecting the others. So there's a couple things to unpack here, and we're going to get to that later on when we revisit this verse. But just something to notate right here is that Yeshua was commenting that tithing was still going on in his day. But where did it come from? How did this all start? Well, the very first tithing instance we see in Scripture is from Abraham when he met Melchizedek. Let's look at that in Genesis 14, verses 18 through 20. And Melchizedek king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. This is the first place we see tithes being mentioned in Scripture. A couple things to note from this passage. You can see here that Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God, of the Most High El. So even before Mount Sinai, or the giving of the Torah, we already see there the priesthood, or some kind of priesthood, existing. Getting scrambled up here. Yeah, even before Sinai, we see a priesthood existing. And they were, especially, it says here, Melchizedek, was serving the Most High God, Yahweh. And we also see Abraham, obviously, giving a tithe. But what does that mean, giving a tithe? What is tithe? Well, the Hebrew word for tithe is the word masar, right? Got to practice that Hebrew. But anyways, this word literally means a tenth. Tithe means a tenth. So if you see it, in a translation like we just looked at, the King James, and it says tithe, that means tenth. And in the translation that we normally use here at God Honest Truth, they translated this passage as actually tenth. That last part reads, and he gave him a tenth of all, as compared to the King James, which says, you know, he gives him tithes of all. Now, this whole thing between Abraham or Abram, as it was at this point, Abram and Melchizedek 
is also reiterated in the Brit Hadashah, and the whole tithing part was reiterated as well. Let's look at that in Hebrews 7, 1 through 6. For this Melchizedek, sovereign of Shalem, priest of the Most High Elohim, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the sovereigns and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, his name being translated indeed first, sovereign of righteousness, and then also sovereign of Shalem, that is, sovereign of peace, without father, without mother, without genealogy, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but having been made like the son of Elohim, remains a priest for all time. Now see how great this one was, to whom even the ancestor Abraham gave a tenth of the choicest booty. And truly, those who are of the sons of Levi, who receive the priesthood, have a command to receive tithes from the people according to the Torah, that is, from their brothers, though they have come from the loins of Abraham. However, the one whose genealogy is not derived from them received tithes from Abraham, and blessed the one who held the promises. So a couple things to unpack here. The people around the first century here, around the time of the death of Yeshua, were using scripture, but they were not using what we call the New Testament or Brit Hadashah. That hadn't been codified pretty much even written at this point. You know, some of the books had, but not the complete set. So, what scriptures were they using? They were using the Tanakh. It was still in full force in effect, and they were teaching and learning from the Tanakh, as you can see here. The writer of Hebrews here is reiterating what we just read back in Genesis. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then, of course, adding in the parts about the Levitical priesthood, and, of course, the son of Elohim, which we know is Yeshua. But it's talking here about Abraham giving a tenth to Melchizedek, just like the people of Israel gave tithes or tenths to the priesthood. Now, they were saying, they're making a distinction here, that even though Melchizedek wasn't of the blood of Abraham, like the comparison is between the Levites, or the Levitical priesthood, and the people of Israel. They were all descended from Abraham, but Melchizedek wasn't. So it's not about blood. So what is the purpose here about the tithes? Well, most of us know this already, at least implicitly. Tithes, and we're looking, you know, starting right now, especially, <clears throat> specifically in the Tanakh portion here. Ties were for the furtherance and the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. It goes towards making sure everything is done and taken care of and the people who are spreading the word are taken care of. That's most likely what Abraham did for Melchizedek. Melchizedek was a priest of the Most High God, the Most High El. He was doing the service and Abraham gave him a tenth, or a tithe, in order to further that. That was the purpose of the tithe. Just like when the nation of Israel would tithe to the priesthood, the Levitical priesthood, during those days. Because the priests were doing all sorts of things in the ministry for Yahweh, right? For, in the ministry here on earth. 
they were maintaining the temple grounds. They were doing the feast days. They were getting things ready. And if you remember, the, and we'll get into this more in some scriptures coming up, but the Levites did not own any land, right? So they could not go out and farm and sustain themselves. And if they did, that would take away from the time they had to put towards ministry. So instead, the people tithe to, well, ultimately to Yahweh. But it was for the support of the temple and the priesthood to keep them you know, fed and also to keep up all the things they were doing as far as the ministry goes. Now, Abraham and Melchizedek isn't the only example we have of before Sinai about people tithing. Let's look at Jacob real quick. Genesis 28, 20 through 22. And Jacob made a vow saying, Seeing Elohim is with me and has kept me in this way that I am going and has given me bread to eat and a garment to put on when I have returned to my father's house in peace and Yahweh has been my Elohim, then this stone which I have set as a standing column shall be Elohim's house and of all that you give me, I shall certainly give you a I'm sorry, I shall certainly give a tenth to you. Or to phrase it another way, I shall certainly give a tithe to you. So even Jacob, whose name later became Israel, said he was going to tithe to Yahweh. And why did he do it? Well, it says right here, because he was glad and rejoiceful and thankful for everything that Yahweh or Elohim had done for him. That's why he was doing it. Now, it's also for, you know, support the ministry here on earth, but he was doing it because he was glad in his heart and appreciative for all that Yahweh had done for him. Now, moving on to when the people go into the promised land, Levitical priesthood is set up and so on and so forth. Then we get more into tithing here, which probably most people, especially mainstream Christians, know about. Numbers 18, verses 20 through 24. <clears throat> and Yahweh said to Aaron, You are not to have an inheritance in their land, nor have any portion in their midst. I am your portion and your inheritance among the children of Israel. And see, I have given the children of Levi... Excuse me. All the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in return for the service which they are serving, the service of the tent of appointment. And let the children of Israel no more come near the tent of appointment, lest they bear sin and die, because the Levites shall do the service of the tent of appointment, so they themselves bear their crookedness. A law forever throughout your generations that among the children of Israel they are to have no inheritance. But the tithes of the children of Israel, which they present as a contribution to Yahweh, I have given to the Levites as an inheritance. That is why I have said to them, among the children of Israel, they have no inheritance. So now we're here reading the scriptures about what we just stated earlier. That the Levites, when they were in the priesthood and they came into the land, they did not have an inheritance of the promised land. 
So they couldn't grow their food to save themselves. So they needed that tithe in order to continue the ministry. Now, something else to notice here, too, is that the tithe is referred to specifically in this passage as a contribution to Yahweh. That's what the tithe is. A tithe is a contribution to Yahweh. Well, what kind of sense does that make? Yahweh created everything we see here, everything that ever existed. Yahweh created that. So why does he need contributions? Why does he need tithes? Well, specifically, he doesn't. If he wanted money, he could just create money. But he doesn't need money. But he doesn't need to buy anything. If he needs you know, something, he just creates it. I mean, how convenient would that be? When you run out of milk, you don't have to go buy it. You just poof, and there it is, right? That's Yahweh. Whatever he wants, whatever he needs, whatever he desires, he can just create it. Because he is the creator. And he doesn't need our money. He doesn't need our contributions. But right here in scripture, it is calling tithes as a contribution to Yahweh. And once again, it goes back to that thankfulness part of it. That we are thankful and appreciative everything Yahweh has blessed us with so we're going to give back to him and by that we mean furthering his ministry here on earth just like they did back in those days the Levitical priesthood they would give back to Yahweh to further that ministry which kept up the tabernacle that they had in the wilderness before they came into the land and then once the temple was built it kept up the temple services it kept up the uh, purchase of the oil, most likely. It kept up, you know, with the priest's food and kept them sustained. It kept up with their clothing, et cetera, et cetera. Their, whatever they put on for the feast days, it maintained and furthered all of that. And all of that in service and worship to Yahweh. That's how it, it was a contribution to Yahweh. And they did all of that because... You know, some probably felt obligated and required to, but a tithe and offerings should really come out of your heart, out of thankfulness and appreciation for all that Yahweh has done for you. <clears throat> Again, <clears throat> excuse me, Deuteronomy 14, 22 through 27. You shall tithe without fail all the yield of your grain that the field brings forth year by year, and you shall eat before Yahweh your Elohim in the place where he chooses to make his name dwell. The tithe of your grain and your new wine and your oil and of the firstlings of your herds and your sheep, so that you learn to fear Yahweh your Elohim always. But when the way is too long for you, so that you are not able to bring the tithe, or when the place where Yahweh your Elohim chooses to put his name is too far from you, when Yahweh your Elohim is blessing you, then you shall give it in silver and shall take the silver in your hand and go to the place which Yahweh your Elohim chooses. And you shall use the silver for whatever your being desires, for cattle or sheep, for wine or strong drink, for whatever your being desires. And you shall eat there before Yahweh your Elohim, and you shall rejoice, you and your household, 
and you do I'm sorry, and do not forsake the Levite who is within your gates, for he has no part nor inheritance with you. Now here, probably should add a little more context to this. This is talking about a I guess you call it a secondary type of tithe. Hmm. The primary tithe that we just talked about was for the furtherance of the ministry. Give it to, you know, to the temple, to the church, to the Levites, whatever. But this one is talking about another tithe that you set back for yourself that you're to take with you when you go on the pilgrimage. Now, if you remember, there are three times a year that we're commanded to go to the temple in Jerusalem, right? That is Passover, Shavuot, and Sukkot, or tabernacles. Well, this secondary uh, tithe was to furnish you in doing that. But you can see here in the passage we just read, it says if it's too far and you can't make it, et cetera, et cetera, then you can replace what you were going to take, whether it be, you know, the grain or the herd or whatever, the new wine or oil, take all that and replace it with silver and then go out and, you know, have a good time. It says even here that da, 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 whatever your being desires, for cattle or sheep, for wine or strong drink. Even alcohol was permitted here if you wanted to go and use that for that. It says, whatever your being desires. It says, and you shall rejoice, you and your household. It also throws in there to make sure not to forsake the Levite or the priest who's within your gates. There's a priest or Levite there who also couldn't make it for some reason, don't forget about them. You know, take care of them from your part of that secondary tent that you set back for yourself, right? Include them with your celebrations. Now, here's another type of tithe also. A tithe every third year. Deuteronomy Chapter 14, verses 28 through 29. <clears throat> At the end of every third year, you bring out all the tithe of your increase of that year and store it up within your gates. And the Levite, because he has no portion nor inheritance with you, and the sojourner and the fatherless and the widow who are within your gates, shall come and eat and be satisfied, so that Yahweh your Elohim does bless you in all the work of your hand which you do. So in this tithe, every third year, it says to store it up, and it's not for you. It says here it's for the Levite, it's for the sojourner, those visiting, the fatherless, the widows, all those, you know, people who normally have a hard time making it in everyday life, all those are supposed to come and partake of that tithe that you set apart, that every third year. So again, and we'll get more on this in just a minute. <clears throat> That's more like a tertiary or a third type of tithe. Comes throughout every third year, right? But continuing on, Deuteronomy 26, verses 12 through 15. When you have completing, completed tithing of all the tithe of your increase in the third year, which is the year of tithing, and have given it to the Levite, to the stranger, to the fatherless, and to the widow, and they have eaten within your gates and have been satisfied, 
Then you shall say before Yahweh your Elohim, I have put away the set-apart portion from my house, and, ha and also have given it to the Levite, to the stranger, and to the fatherless, and to the widow, according to all your command, which you have commanded me. I have not transgressed your commands, nor have I forgotten. I have not eaten any of it when in mourning, nor have I removed any of it for any unclean use, nor given any of it for the dead. I have obeyed the voice of Yahweh my Elohim. I have done according to all that you have commanded me. Look from your set-apart dwelling place, from the heavens, and bless your people, Yisrael, in the land which you have given us, as you swore to our fathers, a land flowing with milk and honey. And this passage again, talking about the tithe that's taken every three years to be given to the Levite, the stranger, those who are sojourning with you, the fatherless, and to the widow. Again, those who would have a rough time making it on a day-by-day -day basis to nourish them, to sustain them, to help them out, right? Well, this also continues on and is reiterated in the Brit Hadashah as well. James 1.27 Clean and undefiled religion before the Elohim and Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. So even way back before the Brit Hadashah was written, they were already taking care of the widows and the fatherless and the orphans. I mean, orphans could be considered, you know, fatherless, but fatherless also can, uh, includes children of single mothers as well. They might not be complete orphans, but they're still fatherless. But regardless, these people, these this group is being taken care of by the church, by your tithes and stuff. And as we read back in Deuteronomy, that kind of tithe is taken up every three years. <clears throat> and tithing was so important to Yahweh that the people were even chastised back when they did not tithe. Let's look at Malachi 3, 8 through 10. Would a man rob Elohim? Yet you are robbing me. But you said, And what have we robbed you? In the tithe and offering. <clears throat> you have cursed me with a curse, for you are robbing me, this nation, all of it. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, and let there be food in my house, and please prove me in this, said Yahweh of hosts, whether I do not open for you the windows of the heavens, and shall pour out for you boundless blessing. Now here, Yahweh himself is chastising the people for robbing him of the tithes they were supposed to be giving, right? I mean, in appreciation or not, they were not given tithes. And he's chastising them for this. And he says, bring this in to the storehouses like you're supposed to and see if I don't pour out blessings because of that. When you do the right thing, when you tithe, see if I don't pour out blessings upon you. Now, one point of clarification real quick. Do not think that we're getting into any kind of prosperity gospel teaching here. That is not it at all. We're going to address that more in just a minute, but just want to clarify that real quick. This is definitely not any kind of prosperity teaching. Now, some of you may know this person, others may not, but Peter Marshall said, give according to your income, 
lest God make your income according to your giving. Right? You're making a certain amount, you know, give 10% of that amount. And then when you make more, give 10% of that. So your tithe will increase. However, if you don't tithe, or if you don't tithe accordingly, then maybe your income will go down to match what you are tithing. Add just a thought, right? If you're not appreciative for what you have, why would Yahweh bless you with even more if you're not going to be appreciative for that either? This makes sense. <clears throat> so what about tithing for today? Is tithing still done today? Should we still tithe today? These are all questions we should ask. And there are people out there who say that, no, we should not tithe today. That was an Old Testament thing that's been done away with. That Jesus nailed it on the cross and done away with it. All that Torah stuff, including tithing. Well, is that true? You can take the word and opinions of a preacher today, or you can take the words of our Master and Messiah, Yeshua. Matthew 5, 17-18 Do not think that I came to destroy the Torah or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to complete. For truly I say to you, till the heaven and earth pass away, one yod or one tittle shall by no means pass from the Torah till all be done. So anyone who loves our Messiah and seeks to follow him and his teachings believes what he said when he said that he did not come to do away with the Torah. So, <clears throat> we know Torah has not been done away with, and tithing was in the Torah. So, once again, let's go back and look at the verse, <clears throat> excuse me, look at the verse we started out with here. <clears throat> Matthew 23, 23. Oh, sorry. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, because you tithe the mint and the anise and the cumin and have neglected the weightier matters of the Torah, the right ruling and the compassion and the belief. These need to have been done without neglecting the others. So here, Yeshua is chastising the Pharisees because they're tithing, but they're not doing the weightier matters of Torah. Yeshua says they're not doing the right ruling and the compassion and the belief. He says they're tithing, but they're not doing the weightier matters. And then he tells them that they should have done both and not neglecting either one. They should have both tithed and done the weightier matters. That's what Yeshua is saying right here. <clears throat> So Yeshua wasn't chastising them because they were tithing. He wasn't saying, oh, you shouldn't be tithing. I'm about to do away with the law. No, he wasn't saying that. He was saying they should have been doing both, both tithing and the weightier matters that he spoke of. And Yeshua even praised, <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know what's going on tonight. Yeshua even praised 
a woman for giving more than 10%. She gave all that she had. Let's look at Mark 12, 41 through 44. And sitting opposite the treasury, he saw how the people put copper into the treasury, and many rich ones put in much. And a poor widow came and threw in two small copper coins, which amount to a cent. And calling near his taught ones, he said to them, Truly I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those putting into the treasury. For they all put in out of their excess, but she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her entire livelihood. That's how much this poor widow was willing to give to the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. Everything she had, her entire livelihood, as Yeshua put it. Now, some of these other people might have given a lot more, monetarily speaking, but percentage-wise, no, they didn't give anywhere near what this woman put in. So that made her gift of 100% a lot more than their gift of 10%. Right? It shows how much was in her heart compared to what was in their hearts. How grateful and thankful she was to get that, I'm sorry, to give that contribution to Yahweh. Now, we also go on to see in the writings of Paul how that preachers, teachers, ministers, etc. are to be paid. And how they be paid? Well, obviously this is going to be like the Levitical priesthood. It's out of the tithe. But 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 13 through 14. Do you not know that those serving the set-apart place eat from the set-apart place, and those attending at the slaughter place have their share of the offerings of the slaughter place? So also the master instituted that those announcing the good news should live from the good news. Making the point that preachers, teachers, etc., ministers, etc., you know, it's not it's perfectly fine for them to get a pay paycheck. And once again, 1 Timothy 5, 17-18. Let the elders who rule, who rule well be counted worthy of double respect, especially those who labor in the word and teaching. For the scripture says, You shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain, and the laborer is worthy of his wages. And here is the Tanakh portion that he's referencing. Deuteronomy 25, 4. Do not muzzle an ox while it is threshing. It's like when the ox would be threshing the grain and working, he was allowed to get his payment, which would be eating some of that grain. Now, in likewise manner, when a teacher, a preacher, a minister, something like that, is working in the ministry of Yahweh, he's doing that work, and those of us who are listening and learning and you know reaping the benefits of their work, you know, they should be compensated for that. Now, a, a true teacher, preacher, or minister, or whatever, if they are truly called into spreading the word of Yahweh, to teaching the word of Yahweh, they'll teach without payment. If they're not being paid, they'll teach anyways. But, all the same, it's not wrong for a teacher, a preacher, a minister, what have you, 
to be paid. That's perfectly okay and acceptable. It's what Paul was talking about here. You know, these people have to still pay bills nowadays. They still have to put food on the table, if only just for them. But in a lot of cases, for their family as well. And if they're going to dedicate a large majority of their time to the furtherance and ministry of Yahweh, then they don't have that time to put in to work in a job a lot of times. Or to, you know, raising crops and animals like they did back in the day. So it's perfectly okay for a minister, a preacher, a teacher, whatever, to get paid and receive a paycheck. Now, it's a fair discussion and question to ask, you know, how much should they be paid, right? Because there can be excess there. But the general concept is that it's perfectly okay for them to receive a paycheck. Now, tithing also falls into this whole thing that you know about, well, of reaping and sowing. It's covered in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 9. Do not be led astray. Elohim is not mocked, for whatever a man sows, that he shall also reap, because he who sows to his own flesh shall reap corruption from the flesh, but he who sows to the Spirit shall reap everlasting life from the Spirit. And let us not lose heart in doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not grow weary. Now this applies in many aspects of our lives, but it also applies to tithing as well. You've probably got your own experiences about when you were not tithing and then compare that to when you were tithing, right? And when you were tithing, you could recognize those blessings coming in. If you give financially, you may not reap back financially. You may reap back in some other way, but you will reap all the same. Now, Yahweh also likes and wants a joyous giver. 2 Corinthians 9, 5-8 So I thought it necessary to appeal to the brothers to come to you in advance and arrange your promised blessing beforehand, this to be ready as a blessing and not as greediness. And this, he who sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he who sows on blessing shall also reap on blessing. Let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not of grief or of necessity, for Elohim loves a joyous giver. And Elohim is able to make all favor overflow toward you, that you, always having all you need in every way, have plenty for every good work. So yeah, it's saying here that everyone give joyously out of you know the purposes of your heart <clears throat> and not out of grief or necessity. Because Yahweh loves a joyous giver. Going on, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 10 through 11. And he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food shall supply and increase the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness, being enriched in every way for all simplicity, which works out thanksgiving to Elohim through us. Now, you may be asking yourself at this point, you know, there's no Levitical priesthood. 
right? Yeshua is our high priest now. There's no temple. So how do we tie them? How do we tie according to scripture, right? Well, again, back in the day in the scriptures we read, the tithing a lot of times was, you know, the fruit and grain, the wine, the oil, the livestock, and stuff like that. But the purpose of doing all this was for the maintenance and the upkeep and the furtherance of not only the temple, but the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. Now, that same purpose can be accomplished here in today's day and age through monetary donations and tithing. Now, again, there's no temple and there's no Levitical priesthood today, but there's still those who further the word of Yahweh and the ministry here on earth. We believe that, first of all, you should give and tithe to your local congregation. If you have a local congregation to go to, that should be the first one. Help not only those in your congregation, but those in your neighborhood. After that, give to those who are, like we said, furthering the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. That could be an online ministry, you know, at the risk of sounding shameful or whatnot, us, or any other online ministry, like 119 Ministries, you could do Unlearn the Lies, etc., etc. You could also donate to an orphanage, because Scripture tells us that true religion is looking after the orphans. You could donate to international ministries that go out and spread the word of Yahweh into foreign countries. But the whole purpose here is to further the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. And the reason for your giving and tithing is out of the gladness and joy of your heart. Yahweh loves a joyous giver. And we read how Jacob vowed to give a tenth or a tithe because he was so appreciative and joyful and thankful for all that Yahweh has done for him. Look into your own life. Count your blessings, as I say. Realize everything that Yahweh has done for you, all the blessings in your life. And see if you're not thankful and appreciative and making you want to give back to Yahweh. Make, as the scripture says, a contribution to Yahweh. And you do that by tithing and donating and giving here to his ministry on earth through one of various one of the various ministries that exist all over the world. Now, that being said, let's bring up some assorted points real quick. Number one, some people may ask when it comes to the subject of tithing, well, nowadays we don't, you know, grow a field of crops, et cetera, et cetera. We work a job, we'll get monetary income in. So do we tithe on the gross or the net income that we make? Okay. Good question. Well, the net is what you actually get in your bank account, right? That's what actually comes home to you. But the gross is what you actually earned, right? So when scripture says, you know, you should give a 
tenth of your increase, well, a certain part of that gross is not increasing you at all. Only the net that you come home with is what your increase is. But at the same time, gross is what you earn. Dave Ramsey, a lot of you know him. Dave Ramsey said he decided he's just going to tithe off the gross so that when he gets up to heaven, if it happens to be the other way around, he's still good, all right? Because he's tithing the gross amount, not the net amount. That's something that you should really, you know, study and pray and research on your own, come to your own conclusion on. We're not going to give you a definitive answer on that one way or the other. But just want to bring up those points for your consideration. Now, another thing you might be asking also, well, what about stocks and housing and stuff like that? Things that increase in monetary value over time. Well, here's the way we look at it. If you invest in a stock, that money is sitting there and whatever is increased is not really yours. That's the potential amount that you could get if you sold it at that point. So you don't actually have that increase yet. Now, when you sell that stock, that's when you should tithe off of that, off that increase. But not while it's growing, not before you sell it. Not unless you're receiving money off that increase anyways. It's only when money comes into you, that is your increase, and that's what you should tithe off of. Does that make sense? You may now also be asking about, well, what about all these prosperity gospel teachers, these prosperity gospel ministries, stuff like that? This is a deep subject. It probably deserves a drosh in and of itself. So we're just going to hit some highlights on this point. But it's, as we say down here in the South, it's all hogwash. Okay, scripture does not say if you give money to the televangelist, you're going to be rich beyond your wildest dreams, right? That's not what scripture teaches, and that's not how it works. Now, when you tithe and you support the furtherance of Yahweh's ministry here on earth, there will be blessings come back to you. That is true. We just read that in the scriptures. But it doesn't mean that you're going to be extremely wealthy, right? It could be other kinds of blessings. Health is so much more valuable than money. It could be good health. It could be good friends or what have you. <clears throat> but it's not like the prosperity gospel teachers teach. You're not going to make a, give a big check to your televangelist and have a BMW show up in your driveway next week. That's not what Scripture teaches, and that's not how it works. What's really going on here with these prosperity gospel teachers is pretty much greed. You see the people who buy into this, and they're not wealthy. They've been in this for years and whatnot, believe in these people, and they're still not wealthy. Who is wealthy? That person teaching the prosperity gospel. That's who's wealthy. That's who's got the brand new every week, big, shiny, expensive suits, the big planes, the shiny, expensive cars. That's who's getting wealthy. 
Now think back to your scriptures. Yeshua didn't wear big expensive robes and lots of material possessions, stuff like that. Not like these prosperity gospel teachers. Think back to the prophets of Israel. They would wear, you know, old clothes and stuff, be out in the wilderness. They weren't riding around in gold-plated chariots. Not like these prosperity gospel teachers. Now, don't get us wrong. It is not wrong to have money. If that's the way that Yahweh chooses to bless you, and that's fine. But how are you coming by it? Because of your own greed? Because you're swindling people? Stuff like that? It's not a sin to be wealthy. That is, you know, that's fine to be wealthy and still be a Christian. Be fine. But swindling people to get that wealth, that's wrong. And it's even talking about this sort of thing back in Scripture. Ezekiel 13, 3-4. Thus said the Master Yahweh, Woe to the foolish prophets who are following their own spirit without having had a vision. O Israel, your prophets have been like foxes among ruins. And we all remember the words of Yeshua. No one, I'm sorry, Matthew 6, 24. No one is able to serve two masters, for either he shall hate the one and love the other, or else he shall cleave to the one and despise the other. You are not able to serve Elohim and mammon, or material possessions, like wealth. So what kind of gospel are these prosperity gospel teachers actually teaching? It's not out of scripture, that's for sure. Not going to go any farther than that. Not tonight, anyways. But it's not coming from scripture. You're not going to give, you know, more than you have, go into debt, be a bad steward of what Yahweh has entrusted you with, and then wind up with a mansion next month. It's not how this works. That's not what scripture teaches. Now, once again, we don't, do this a lot but since we're on the subject of tithing and donations giving and stuff like that we would feel amiss if we did not bring this up but we do have a way that you can donate to the god honest truth ministry if you would like to do so you can go to our website godhonesttruth.com go to the our ministry menu then click on connect socially and that'll give you the links to all of the ways you can donate that way. All we're going to say about that, but once again, we felt like it would be a mess if we did not mention that. However, we want to reiterate that we're not saying that you have to give to us. We appreciate it if you do, but you don't have to. There are plenty of other ministries, and if you felt more led to give to them, that's fine. Yahweh has always blessed us and supported us. Since we began... Oh, gosh. Well, I was say two years ago. So we've been in ministry for about two years now. We have received two donations, and both of those combined were less than $30. So everything that we have, everything that we've been doing, and the way we've been doing it has been blessed and provided to us by Yahweh. 
Now, again, we appreciate anything that you might send our way, but you don't have to give to us. You can give, well, number one, make sure you give to your local ministry and church. <coughs> and then to something like online ministries or international ministries or orphanages or women's shelters, stuff like that. As long as they're furthering and spreading the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. That's the whole point. And give joyfully. Give because you're grateful and thankful and appreciative for all that Yahweh has done for you. And give to give back to him. So, in summary. Number one, tithes are used to further the ministry of Yahweh here on earth. The first instance we have of tithing is Abraham. And Abraham, Abraham gave a tithe or a tenth. Jacob also paid a tithe or a tenth. The Israelites, obviously, paid tithes to the Levitical priesthood, to the temple. Yeshua stated that we should pay tithes. Remember, he said we should do both paying tithes and doing the weightier matters of the law. Paul stated that Yahweh loves a joyous giver. No doubt about it, right? Paul also states that teachers should be supported financially. That's perfectly okay for a teacher, a preacher, minister, whatever, to be supported financially and get a paycheck. And all of this is just the God honest truth. And we thank you for joining us tonight. We hope that you have learned something and if you think we might have left something out, then please be sure to leave it in the comments down below or send us an email and let us know. Or if you think we got something incorrect, hey, contact us that way also. Send us an email to team at godhonesttruth.com and maybe we can all learn something together and all be further educated. Now, in just a moment, we're going to be doing the Aaronic Benediction or the Priestly Blessing. So if you have anyone there at home with you that you would like to have next to you as we do that, go ahead and start gathering them together. Once again, I'd like to ask you to go down below and just leave us a comment, whether that's high, whether that's a verse on tithing or what have you. Just leave us a comment down below. While you're down there, hit that subscribe button and ring the bell. Also hit the like button and the share button to let others that you know who might like this kind of content know about God Honest Truth Ministries. You can share it around through any of your social media profiles. You can share it around through email, through text messaging, what have you. But just share us around because word of mouth advertising is the absolute best type of advertising. And it has been for thousands of years. And every time that you tell someone about GodHonestTruth.com and God Honest Truth Ministry, we really, really do appreciate that. And we thank you so much every time you do that. So, with that being said, let's go ahead and do our Aaronic benediction. Give a Rikaka Yahweh. Vayishmarecha Yair Yahweh Panavilecha 
Bihunecha Yisayahweh Panavelecha Beyasim lecha Shalom. May Yahweh bless you and guard you. May Yahweh make his face shed light upon you and be gracious unto you. May Yahweh lift up his face unto you and give you peace. Thank you once again for joining us tonight. We hope that, well, starting now and for you know the rest of Shabbat, that you have a wonderful and restful Shabbat. We hope that the next upcoming week for you is filled with good food, good fortune, good friends, good spirit. And until we meet next time, we hope you have a great week. Shavua Tov and Shabbat Shalom. Hallelujah, 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 Hallelujah.